Hi, welcome to another episode of Amplify Your Soul. I'm Jen. And I'm Juliet. And today we have Robin Jelinek with us who channels Athena. And I am so excited for you to be here, Robin. I've had personal experience with Athena and I know how wonderful the group Athena is in motivating us to uh, get our butts in gear and, and uh, be the divine selves that we are. So thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Robin, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background before you had, I'll just say it right now, your Kundalini awakening. We're going to ask you questions about that. But if you wouldn't okay. mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, the human Robin before the channeler Robin. Yeah. Um, well, I worked alongside my husband uh, in our business. We had a water well drilling business for many years in northern Wisconsin in a little town called Rhinelander. Um, and I had two children, two boys um, that I raised during that time while working in that business and was always on a spiritual path. I would say it was a hobby for me, just uh, reading all kinds of material, whether it be mediumship, psychic, uh, you know, Course in Miracles, all of it, you name it, I've read it. Um, and And then Throughout that 20-year process, um, I ended up meeting a channeler, actually, that became a very good friend of mine. I was about 43 years old, I think, when I met her. And and that really opened me up, too, because I really um, felt the truth uh, in some of the exchanges that we had and felt that there was a possibility that this could actually be real, that this could um, really be something that I could uh, investigate more, let's say that. And so... Um, Shortly after meeting her, I would say within the next year or so, not that it prompted the Kundalini awakening, uh, but somehow I got on that uh, path. I was really working on my chakras. They kind of hold the keys to a human and what it is that you hold inside of yourself emotively that's either allowing or denying the divinity part of you to flow into the vessel. And the more I studied it, um, the more understanding I got about it. And I was actually doing a, a, a breathing exercise where I would breathe into each one of the centers at night before I'd go to bed. Um, and then I had this uh, experience, the Kundalini awakening, where it felt like a strike of lightning. And I've talked about this in other recordings, so I won't go through the all of that. They can always look that up on my site if they want to. Um, and it, so it really confirmed to me everything that I had ever read about, uh, I got uh, physical or concrete proof of. And, um, and I was really grateful for that, because it just really opened me up even more. And then from that experience, uh, I went on to study Kundalini energy at great length, read everything I could on it. Um, and I was having a lot of experiences, uh, Kriyas, you know, seeing orbs, like lots of different uh, phenomena that actually occur once that happens to you. And a couple of years after the first rise, I actually had it come down through the head because I had what was called a partial rising. At the time, I didn't really understand why I was having some of the difficulties I was. But I think now the reason I had it is this is what I teach. And so um, without having experienced every angle of that energy, I probably wouldn't know how to guide people that are having what they call Kundalini emergency, or they're in a dark night of the soul, which I kind of have a remedy for now, and that I didn't have for myself at the time. Uh, so it's just been a lifelong journey of uh, spiritual development and um, study and interest and I wouldn't say that that necessarily precipitated what occurred in me. Um, I think what occurred in me uh, was already uh, going on. Like that Kundalini energy is what actually gives you the desire to study spiritually. It's what actually gets you on the path, but you just don't know it. You think that it has to fully rise in order for you to uh, say that I, my Kundalini is active. Uh, there's a stirring of that energy. Uh, it's in the three lower energy centers, primarily in every human that comes in in their experience. That's where there's lack, distrust, betrayal, not enoughness. Most uh, humans are living in the three lower energy centers. That's how they, they perceive their experience, and therefore they have to 
effort and use their ego. And your ego isn't a bad thing. It's just something you need at that level of consciousness. You have to effort because that's what you believe. That's what you're holding. Um, and then as time goes on uh, and you suffer a little bit in your experience and you get tired of that, the universe feels you in that way of being. Uh, and then you start to realize, you know, you come across maybe somebody like me or you read something else and you think, you know, I can see some correlation between what I'm thinking and feeling in my experience and what I'm actually getting. So I start to realize I might be doing something here. I might actually have some influence over what it is that I've been feeling and experiencing in my life. And this is what they call moving up into the fourth dimension or the heart center. We're starting to open another energy center, which is rising in consciousness. And so as you come into the heart center, unfortunately, what comes with that is condemnation and judgment. I start to notice uh, how I'm creating, but I don't like myself in it. I, I'm mad. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Look at them. They're cheating on their wife. They're doing something they shouldn't be doing. So I start looking around and noticing what everybody's doing and how they're creating their experience, but I judge and condemn it. And so that judgment and condemnation is another thing that needs to go, but it has to be allowed in order for you to view yourself. It's the first stages uh, of self-awareness or uh, awakening, uh, observation of yourself and then the way you feel in it. And then once you uh, understand that um, it's through the love of self that you actually connect to yourself, it's through surrender, it's through the ability to realize that you are a picker and a chooser of emotions based upon your free will, how I feel in my experience. And nobody is here to tell you how to do that. Nobody's here to correct you or judge you or condemn you for what it is you've chosen in an emotional feeling. Um, but because of uh, our um, uh, society or the way that uh, even in spirituality, and some of it has to do with some of the dogma from churches, not that, it, that there aren't some very uh, really connective and wonderful things that are true in the Bible. There's also this dogma or judgment or condemnation types things. Um, and so, so because of that, I think people still hold a little bit of that, even in the metaphysics, where they start to think, I got to sit all day, I got to never think this, I've got to do things better than what I'm doing in order to be connective. And that's not what it's all about. You're on an individual journey sovereignly, and it doesn't have anything to do with what you're thinking about somebody else, um, or something that you've done wrong. What it has to do with is how you feel about you. What is it that you're judging and condemning in the way that you're feeling? What is it that you don't like in yourself that you've chosen to feel? And once you look at that, that and realize that that was the right signal, that is how you felt, and you just allow it and surrender to it, you just become uh, a match to the divine in the love of yourself, and the human lets go of any negativity uh, of which it was creating into uh, prior. And so uh, when people find us out, it's like a big secret, it's like the funniest thing ever, because they realize that you can't get it wrong. You're not doing it wrong. You don't have to effort in your experience. You don't have to uh, uh, stand over yourself, guard, and, and uh, change everything about yourself in order to become connective. And that actually that uh, sovereign individual way that you create is uh, your divinity. And you are expected to let out however you feel uh, and to see yourself and feel yourself in that contrast and add to the whole uh, something very beautiful because of it. The high vibration of the divine is going to lift and transmute all the energy that the human sends to it. So there's never, thing, never anything bad that you've done. There's nobody shaking their finger or condemning you at the end of your experience. Um, except for you, that, that you would be the one that would be doing that. And that would be what would divide, uh, divide you from the divinity part of you. What is it that you're not loving? What is it that you're not accepting? Because that lowers your tone and then that natural flow can't get in as it would if you would just let go of it. That's amazing. Robin, I think you just gave us your course. 
a short, <laughs> a shortened version of your course. That was amazing. I'm going to have to rewind myself and listen to that. That was, was part of that Athena coming through now? Cause it almost seemed, how, how would you describe it yeah. at this point? Um, well, whenever I'm talking as Robin and I am as Robin right now, um, I have access to the divinity part of me or that higher aspect where that flow comes from. Uh, and that comes from over 25 years. I had the Kundalini awakening in my early forties and I'm in my sixties now, and it's finally reached the crown. They call that the unification or and it becomes a transferable energy. And one of the reasons that exchanges feel so good with the group uh, is because I'm carrying that energy and uh, that it has a great magnetism to it. Uh, it has the ability to um, actually uh, uh, speed up the vibration. Let's just say that uh, of the people that they are interacting with. And so um, it feels very connective uh, and very in alignment. So basically what I'm doing is tapping into that divinity part of myself. And in the work that I do, um, I assist people in removing entrapments within themselves that are preventing them from doing the same. Me channeling the group is different. I remove my consciousness and I allow uh, other uh, entities or whatever you want to call them to actually uh, gain access to my vessel and use me uh, to communicate to others. And so it's two very different things that are going on, but the results somehow seem a little bit similar. But of course, you can tell when I'm talking right now, this is much more of Robin integrating the divine part of herself. When Athena comes in, it's a whole different personality that takes over um, my vessel. I just want to take a step back because I jumped straight into Kundalini awakening. What is the Kundalini? Like for our beginners that are tuning in, can you just give the yeah. intro? Yeah. Uh, Kundalini energy sits at the base of the spine of every human. Um, and it is what keeps you alive. It is the life force energy that's flowing from the divine uh, to the vessel. Uh, and so that's what actually withdraws when... Um, when you leave the body, yeah, that's what the life force is gone from a human when that happens. And that energy is uh, somewhat active or you wouldn't have any life in you. Uh, and when I spoke in the beginning and said that uh, primarily humans enter the plane in the first three energy centers, so that energy is uh, functioning or leaking up those first three energy centers, but it hasn't fully opened yet. Uh, and there are sometimes blocks in place or what they call bandas that um, actually prevent the energy from escaping too quickly. Uh, if a human psyche isn't really ready for uh, like otherworldly experiences, or uh, maybe they're just not at the right place or timing in their experience. So some of these things play into when that energy will be enacted, but it is something that everybody has. Uh, once you become uh, cognizant of it or have more uh, understanding of the energy. Maybe you've educated yourself. I've created courses on my website where you kind of really get a deep understanding of what this is and how it works within the system. That's a stimulant to it too. So you're actually thinking about it. You're creating in your experience more opportunity for that energy to rise up through the centers. When people talk about different levels of consciousness, what you're really talking about is uh, access to higher uh, energy centers. And they're not just in the body, they're outside of the body. Uh, once the seven centers in the body are activated, there are 122 other uh, chakras within the vessel itself and nadis. And that's where a lot of kriyas come in. There's a lot of shaking and bodily movements and things that go on during sit time where that energy, once it's been released, tries to make its uh, space for itself because it's actually the soul aspect of you that's going to express alongside of you in your experience. That's what's happening. And it needs space for that. It, just like you need space uh, for yourself. And a lot of humans don't realize that their emotions are taking up space. They're, they're actually... Uh, things that are in your energy center that there's no room uh, for the divinity part of you to express when you're containing all of this material that you've hung on to that you were meant to just feel and release in your experience. 
Well, thank you for that answer. And the reason, um, think, and I think for beginners, I didn't even know what, I heard the word chakras and I didn't even know what that <laughs> meant and I had to look it up. So for those of our listeners who don't even know what a chakra is, as I was, you know, <laughs> 18, two year, 18 months, two years ago, please look that up. But the reason I asked if that was Athena, because I almost, I felt the energy when you were speaking, yeah. I, the energy that you talk about, I felt it and it was so amazing. <laughs> um, so I wanted to thank you for that. Uh, and I hope our, uh, our listeners and the people who watch us on YouTube, they're feeling that energy too, because that was amazing. But I wanted to ask you on, on your um, Kundalini experience and as you developed your channeling skills, did you do was it just verbal always or did you do automatic writing first? The reason I ask is I did automatic writing first and then mm -hmm. I went into verbal channeling. Yeah, um, it may have been there and I didn't know it. I would say the automatic writing came afterwards. It's very fluid now. Like I could I could sit down and write a book. I just haven't had time. I did one. <laughs> they did one, I should say. It was not my doing. Um, but but uh, so in, in, in answer to your question, um, I don't think channelers realize that what it is that you bring to yourself in the channeling experience is uh, what is it that's going to make you feel whole or complete? What is it that you're calling out for in wanting to have that experience? And for me, um, I didn't even realize it, but what I was calling out for was more confidence because I remember the day that it happened and I felt like I'm in my early sixties um, and, and I was a good tennis player. And I think, as good as any at my level, but I would lose my confidence and then decline in my performance, you know, and I would think, well, why is that happening? You know, why is it that uh, sometimes I could be really confident, but uh, others not so much. It was very easy for me to fall backwards in confidence. And so uh, one day I was just sitting, I wasn't even meditating. And I just very um, uh, authentically said to myself about myself, when are you going to get confident? I mean, what, what is with the confidence thing, you know? Uh, and I just had my eyes closed and I remember feeling this breath come into me in my head, going back and thinking, what was that? You know, that's not, I didn't do it. It was like, I just felt something enter me. And then the, the words uh, came in, uh, in my consciousness. How do you like the feeling of confidence? This is a woman in her power. This is what it feels like to be in that kind of power. And um, I remember going out of that room afterwards. And I, prior to that, I was having a lot of uh, mudras uh, that would just happen, very fluid movements with both hands. Maybe I would repeat 50 things on one side and do the exact 50 things on the other side with ever, not having to keep track of them. It would just be automatic. And, and that was going on first. Um, so lots of the, and lots of my mouth pulling one way, the other way, and me not doing it. Like someone actually had their finger in my mouth pulling my face around. I, I had no clue what was going on. And so I mentioned to my husband, there's something very weird happening here. Um, and so uh, about two weeks later, uh, I went on a little trip and met one of my sons. And I'm really fortunate that both my kids are being here. They are boys. Uh, and at the time, it's been, you know, a number of years ago now, but they both on a spiritual path, they love reading about these things and they believe in it. And so I said to my younger son, I've had some really odd things happening to me. And as soon as I said it, it was like, uh, that provoked it. So I felt my body start to move. And he goes, well, obviously there's something in there that wants to talk, you know, and he invited that. And that's when the speaking started and it was arduous. I was sweating. It was uh, like very uncomfortable. My voice box really hurt. It was very difficult. And I remember that weekend feeling like, I don't really like the feel of this. This is like a lot of effort and, and I'm sweating and I'm not, you know, I'm feeling like it's taking a lot of energy. And um, I would say the first couple of weeks were really like 
shocking because I felt like my old life disappeared and they were talking all the time and waking me up in the middle of the night. And, um, you know, my husband said, can I read the paper in the morning? Like I used to, you know, it was like our privacy kind of was violated in some form. And then I finally said, is this how my life's going to be? I got laundry to do. I've got a life to live, you know? And so their thought provoked. And the minute I said that they said, well, if you would, you know, stop thinking about us, then we wouldn't be coming forth all the time. Of course, when it first happened, you're thinking about all the time, who isn't going to be because it's such a shock to your system. And so a day and night, I was thinking about it. And they said, we look at that as an invitation to talk, you know. And so the minute I started now, and I forget about it, like, I'll go on vacation now for three weeks, they may not come out at all, if I don't really ponder uh, them. (coughs) Excuse me. And I never worry about them not coming. there's just something there that knows that they're there and they're going to come, you know, if I think about them. Um, And so that's kind of how it works for me. I think it's very important for people to know that because I know a lot of people are interested in channeling or maybe interested in channeling uh, themselves. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for beginners that wish to channel, whether it's automatic writing, verbal, or any way, shape, or form connecting to the other side? Mm Um, well, it's just to kind of really examine yourself in the way that you want to feel. What is it that you really uh, makes you feel harmonious or in alignment with yourself uh, in what it is that you're choosing to do? That That's part of it. Um, and I would say one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of in myself, and I'm not one to compliment myself as Robin, but is that I'm not attached to it. I don't feel any different. I don't feel special by it. I don't feel anything uh, as far as um, about what I'm doing that, that it's special or it's better than what someone else does or I have none of those emotions and I'm just really happy about that 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 so I feel like um, for whatever reason I was at a point or place in my experience where I was able to not be attached to what's happening Um, I don't think that's always the case I think there are cases where some people channel and they become attached to it And I think that takes away a little bit from the authenticity of it and from what everyone else could experience by it. If you're able to, um, uh, you know, move yourself uh, in the love of yourself to a place where you can authentically um, do that, where you're just not really attached to it. And, you don't. I didn't need it. Let's just say that if it would never have happened. I was plenty happy with the life that I was living. And I think what made it happen is I'd had uh, two grandchildren and I'd never experienced such a connective. Of course, I loved my own children, but to see your own child that you love so much bring uh, a baby to you. I remember feeling like, you know what, if I never do another thing in my life, this will have been enough. It was like the most connective uh, love feeling. And there was just this surrender. I don't need anything. I don't need to be different. I don't need to be better. I think in the early parts of my experience on my spiritual journey, I thought I needed to be better. I thought I needed to uh, express as a better human. You know, I never, I shouldn't think negatively about anybody. I shouldn't have any emotions that aren't positive. And I, I held on. And, and when I let go of that, that understanding that I, I, I'm good just how I am. And that's what, that's where the connecting point is. I'd like to ask a foundational question. And that was beautiful when you talked about your grandchildren and how it brought a different perspective in terms Mm -hmm. of, I just want to say how your heart could open up more to love. And I feel Mm -hmm. perhaps that was part of it, but who are they? You keep saying they, Juliet says they or them, who are they? Um, well, primarily, uh, here's a funny answer that they will give to that question, because uh, often people want names. And of course, you have names, but who are you? I mean, if I were to ask you who you really are, you might say Juliet, you might say Jen, whatever you're going to say. 
but is that really who you are? Or is that a name that someone's given to you uh, so that they can call you if they need you, <laughs> you know, basically. And so um, they, they or what, what uh, I would call they uh, are uh, streams of consciousness uh, and have expressed in other realities and, and in this one. Some have expressed in this one and some have said they have not. Uh, it's not a regular part of the conversation that I have. And I, I've kind of lost the need for that. I think in the beginning, there was a lot of naming names. Uh, and my husband has them all written down, but none of them really matter. They were just giving you a, a way of um, communicating. But uh, I think what I've realized is that... Uh, Whatever it is that makes us what we are, um, we know it in ourselves. We know ourselves. Um, and when you leave this experience, you take that knowing of yourself with you. Uh, and others know you that way, too. Uh, so there's this energetic uh, way of knowing um, uh, that is a measurement of vibration that, as a human, we can't detect it. But in the divinity aspect of you, it is detectable. It's something that doesn't need naming. It doesn't need uh, 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 an explanation. That's how I put that. Thank you for that answer. And if we didn't say this before, Athena is the name of what I call a collective of what Robin just described of higher consciousness that she channels. So I don't know if we said that before. So let's but just say this, because some people will say, and this is where they'll think I'm crazy in the head. Well, is she actually channeling Athena, the goddess? And I would say, we're all channelers, whether you know it or not, or you wouldn't be in the bodies that you're in. And so you're channeling something and, and you're channeling a, a stream of consciousness uh, of which you are a part of. And uh, Athena was a part of a stream of consciousness that belonged to confidence. And when I called out for confidence, I tapped into that stream of consciousness uh, of which she and probably many others have been a part of. Wonderful. I love that. Let I, I, And Athena sounds perfect, a beautiful goddess. Why not? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so do we want to go into, is, is Athena available sure. for channeling? Okay, yep. perfect. Thank mm -hmm. you. What is it that you would like to start with today? What interest do you have? Well, I would like from Athena's point of view to ask what actually is channeling for beginners from a beginner's point of view, how would Athena explain channeling? Mm -hmm. uh, we would explain channeling, uh, some, somewhat pretty accurately to the way Robin has explained it, that a human makes a connection in a place of satisfaction uh, that really fills uh, or aligns to them in the divinity part of themselves. And so as Robin uh, authentically called out to have more confidence, she actually opened up uh, in that authenticity, in that desire, uh, and in that real, um, we're looking for a word uh, to describe, um, in that real plea of what would be very satisfying to her, uh, the universe responded. Yeah, that's what happened. And so you are very much in control of what it is that you experience in your experience, whether you're knowing it or not. And some people think that spirituality is separate, or uh, and this is part of the problem in your society. And it's where dogma comes from. And there's this separateness uh, of uh, if you achieve something like this, you must be better than everybody else. That's just not true. It's, it's something that you come into connection with through love. And that's why we say through the love of self. You don't expect the human to be different than it is, to feel different in its experience. The human decided that it would come here for the divinity part. You use the vessel, and it's going to send out uh, feelings and emotions uh, of how it feels in its experience. And the divinity part says, I'll get that emotion from you, that energy. 
and the divine will expand in you and the universe will expand. I think any scientist would confirm it is expanding uh, through thought, through desire to know more. And so as the human sends out what it feels, the divinity part expands that energy in a positive direction. And it has culminated wonderful experiences that it wants to flow right into the human. That would be very natural. But as the human becomes uh, contained and are stuck in the emotion and determines that it doesn't like how it felt, or that somehow it should change how it felt, or it starts this condemnation and judgment, it stays in the low tone. It doesn't match its divinity aspect. And so what is love of self? I let myself feel whatever I feel. I know I'm a picker and a chooser uh, and a sender of emotion. And I know once I've done that, that my work is done as a human. Uh, why do you feel frustrated when you are trying to be different than you are? You might be able to effort yourself into some kind of behavior for a week or two, but then you're going to do what you call backsliding. And it's not really backsliding. We would call it trying to have the human do something it's not capable of doing. It just can't do it permanently. It needs its source uh, for the transformation of itself. And as the source receives what it is that you are feeling, it culminates this beautiful uh, transmutation of that energy that it would flow right into you and you would become that person. You're not going to stay in ways of behavior that you do not find becoming or like about yourself, but you as the human are not going to effort yourself out of those ways. So you have to release what it is that you feel in your experience and let the divinity part of you cultivate the new you and the new experiences that you want to express into that vessel and step aside. And you do this by loving yourself, by surrendering uh, to every stinky thing we say that you feel or that you have condemned in yourself. You just allow it. You don't attach to it. Robin used to hear non-attachment and not like the sound of it because she really loves her husband and she really loves her children. And she doesn't want to uh, not feel that way or feel as connected. She felt like attachment had something to do with the level of love that she was holding towards those she cared about. But she was in for a big surprise because she realized that as she started to love herself, she started to love everyone else more. And she had this new ability, this newfound way that she could allow others to experience what it was they were experiencing in their lives and not condemn it, not try to change it, not try to make it different than what it was for them so that she could feel better in her experience. And that's what a lot of you are doing. You think you're doing the right way by feeling sorry for someone, by pitying someone, by going into a miserable state because others are miserable. All the while, you're creating more miserable in the world. When you connect to the divinity part of yourself, you start to step aside and you start to realize that how you feel is how you create, that you are actually creating sovereignly and individually. And that as you waste your emanation on someone else's experience, you're adding to the whole something that you don't want to add. Well, thank you. That made me think of a few things. For example, the <clears throat> atrocities happening across the world. So how do we go about progressing spiritually without manifesting more atrocities by yeah. thinking about them? Oh, this is a great question that you have asked because you can never get to where you want to be by looking at where you are at, you see. And so some, some people have interviewed us and they have said, well, Athena, do you expect us to be uh, ignorant? Do you expect us to turn our faces in the face of poverty, in the face of uh, uh, racism, in the face of wars? And we would say, what is more important? That you be ignorant of how you create in the world or that you be ignorant of your news? because you are creating by how you feel. So if you look at race and you hate those that are racist, 
you're creating more hate, aren't you? And if you look at the wars and you pity and you feel uh, sorry for those that are experiencing what it is that they're experiencing, you're actually creating more opportunity for more of same, aren't you? So your creative value is in viewing things that you wish not to see in the world and be grateful of the view of them that you now have a new direction that you would like to put your focus on, which is peace, which is love. And then you go on out into the world and you express that. You're never going to get someone to move out of being racist by hating them. That's not going to make them change. But when they feel the flow of love, when they feel the flow of acceptance, you are giving them an opportunity to feel something in themselves that perhaps they've never felt before. And it is why that they are emanating the way they are emanating, you see. There are no bad humans. There's nobody that's got it wrong. There's no evil in the world. You are all emanating from the same one thing, that same source. But you have all had different lineages. You've all have different problems. You've all had different experiences as a human in the way that you have felt. And those are the things that are actually creating either consciously or unconsciously in your experience. Those that are committing acts of atrocity are separated. They have held on to something. It is such a low tone of vibration that they have no flow of the divinity aspect of them entering into their field. And so when you get an opportunity in your view of someone like that, and you can love them or express something to them that perhaps they are not feeling, you crack the door a little, don't you? You add a little something to the world that wasn't there prior to it. That's how we would answer your question. Humans like to say things that sound good, but they aren't really good. It sounds good, doesn't it, to care about all the atrocities in the world, to put all your focus and all your condemnation into those that are doing it. But what we would ask you is, as it sounds good, how does it feel? Not very good. There's not a single one of you feel good as you do that. And that is your signal of how you're creating in your world. Thank you so much. The the way you um, speak really, uh, it's uh, you use this term mirroring, like we're as we are creators, we're mirroring our own creations. Uh, From a beginner's point of view, who is new to this concept? Can you explain that in more detail? Yes. Uh, What it is that we like to teach uh, in in sessions um, and in clearings that we do is that you have to move to a place or point where you understand that you are the one that's creating your experience in the way that you will feel in it. And so as you go about your life and you interact with people, what you feel as you are faced with these people is actually a mirrored result of what you hold within your own field or in your own energy center. And so if you're coming into contact, let's say, for example, a lot of angry people, then you have some anger issues within yourself that you have held on to that maybe you're even justifying. And so we would say to a human, we're never going to say that you're not justified. You are. There might be a good reason you are angry, but you have to love yourself in your anger, don't you? You can't dislike something in yourself and come into alignment with your source. So you have to look at yourself at where anger originated, probably as a child. Something happened and you needed to feel your experience in the way that you felt it and you chose anger. And then as your life went on, you were angry a lot because you were holding that anger. You still had it in you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden someone tells you, you know what, you're an angry person. And then you think, I don't really like that. 
angry people are not good people. And so then you start to uh, disapprove or condemn and judge yourself. And this keeps the tone lower and then less divinity comes into you and you stay the angry person that you think you are. And that's your emanation. And then the mirrors that come to you will all represent what you hold. But if you just decided that I chose anger for good reason, and I'm a picker and a chooser of emotions, and I love myself and what I feel, you would have just released that. You would have just felt that emotion go through you. You would have sent it to the divine. It would have transmuted the energy. And in your open state of loving yourself and what you sent, accepting yourself in what you chose to feel in your experience instead of condemning and judging it, all the nice things would have flowed right into your experience. And you would have just been done with that anger. And you would have thrown it back into a stream of consciousness that everybody else is picking and choosing out of. Every emotion is available to all humans. They are streams of consciousness, ways of communicating. This is how I feel. They are very detailed. You would agree. There are a lot of emotions to choose from. None of them are wrong. None of them are bad. All of them are accurate. They are a perfect depiction of what you are feeling in your experience and therefore give the divinity part of you the perfect opportunity to form for you the life that you want to feel. And that is the reason for them. That is beautiful. Thank you. I think part of the... Um to simplify things stop shoving stop shoving stuff down and let it out well even in that aspect yeah uh sometimes there are things in your experience that you can't let go of they're just so in rooted in you and even these things we need to love yeah i love you in not being able to let go of that i love you in any way that you feel and that would include being stuck wouldn't it uh, there would never be a, an enforcement of, of anything on the human. Anytime you try to make yourself be different or make yourself let go of something, you're barking up the wrong tree. The human is not going to respond. That is not love of self. The love of self is I can feel you and you don't want to let go of that right now. It's okay. You don't have to. I got the energy from you. I'm making the good things for you. You go right on feeling your experience. And this is what causes the release. Your alignment. What do you think alignment is? Alignment isn't butting up against something. Alignment is aligning to something. I love you in what you feel. I'm not judging or asking you to change. I'm getting the energy from you. And therefore, I love you for it. Yeah. I was going to say, so if I'm angry at myself for something mm -hmm. that happened to me in childhood, mm -hmm. it's okay. I suffered that immense suffering that yeah. happened or whatever action that happened to me as a mm -hmm. child. It's okay for me to be angry about it. And I'm acknowledging my anger. Yeah. Then one, one thing you're bringing up that is an important aspect of all this is uh, we get uh, questions all the time about forgiveness. And we would say, add that to the dogma list uh, of a lot of other things that humans are adding uh, it, that sound good. Because who is there to forgive? Who's creating their experience? Everyone is. So therefore, you're getting exactly in your experience. You've created it. And the one that you're interacting with, they've created it because they have matched what it is that you are offering. And so is there really any reason for forgiveness. And when you try to move yourself to forgiveness, perhaps you're not feeling it. Perhaps the one that has wronged you hasn't really changed or could do the same thing to you again. Let's use that term. And so now you're going to ignore your natural guidance system and open yourself up to more pain and punishment from someone that perhaps is capable of it. We would say, forget about all that. Just go on and, and live your experience and feel it and release it. And forget about the things that sound good. Protesting. Forgiving all of this crap. It's what it is. It's a bunch of crap. 
Sounds good. And we know right now when you're hearing this, you know it to be true because you're probably feeling good to some degree. Some might not because they're so entrenched in this pattern of belief that they are a good person and they're above everybody else because this is the way that they think and feel. So how do we, once we acknowledge ourselves, it's okay to be angry at what happened to us and we know we're divine and it is okay. It's our experience. How do we release that? Well, in as soon as you do that, you're going to feel the energy dissipate. You're going to feel that push or that struggle that you are having uh, within yourself start to go away. It's going to actually start to dissipate. And then the next step is what was created by that? In your mind, when you dissipate the energy enough, you can't do it when you're fully activated or stimulated or upset. But once you have released it enough in letting yourself feel it, the energy is released enough that you can actually say to yourself, what might have been created in that uh, anger? Maybe a lot of happiness. And then I try to think about things that make me happy. I try to guide myself. This is consciousness. The human is primarily unconscious in its pain in its suffering, in its physical pain, it goes unconscious. So it kicks out emotive feelings in creation, but it doesn't realize that it's creating. It doesn't even think about it. Consciousness is full awareness or your source. And so when you move to conscious choosing, consciously guiding yourself towards what you desire in your experience by what you have felt that maybe didn't feel so good, you're opening yourself up to your divinity, aren't you? You're aligning to full awareness full consciousness. I'm creating right now. Therefore, I'm directing myself towards how I want to feel rather than creating and have no understanding or unknowing of what I am doing. So I have a question because I'm somewhat skeptical. I'm not there yet that we create our own trauma or have a hand in it, particularly as a child. So what advice do you have for people like me that aren't where your messaging's at yet? Well, we would tell you primarily, if you look back through your lineage, you're going to see signs or signals of what it is that you're experiencing in your experience. So if you have access to anyone that has lived uh, in their aged years, you could probably find a lot of correlation between what you yourself are feeling and thinking to what they felt and thought. That would be one way. Right now, you're creating your next experience, whether you know it or not, in the way that you are thinking and feeling. And so it's always about how I want to feel, isn't it? And so as you sit here in your now moment, you have already, we, we think you would agree that the life you're sitting in right now, you have already created in your past thinking and feeling. This is what you are, are sitting in. And so as you go forward from this point, you have the now moment or this very valuable present now moment to decide, how do I really want to feel? Do I want to keep going with the unconscious feelings that are out in front of me that have been unfolding in my life that I didn't have any awareness of and I didn't think I was the creator of? Or do I want to start picking and choosing and actually proving to myself, this is what we would recommend you do, start picking and choosing how you want to feel and watch your experience modify itself to that feeling. That's what will occur. And you will be convinced. Now, you may have created a lot of things in your past life that you have no memory of. And the chakras are called the wheels of life. So all of that data or information or ways of feeling that you have already expressed prior to coming are flowing right in through that vessel, through those energy centers. You're bringing it with you, aren't you? Your baggage is coming right along with you, along with some lineage that's coming too. Yeah. And so now you are in your experience, re-experiencing some of the things 
that you didn't resolve or that you went through. And you are also experiencing some of the things that your lineage perhaps decided to send along with you that you agreed to. And so all of this is part of your experience. But you can very easily prove it to yourself. Stop living unconsciously. Start picking and choosing by what you feel, what you really want to feel, and see what happens in your experience. And you'll be convinced in short order, I'm the one doing it. Fascinating. That is such concrete advice to learn about it and experience it. Let me ask you something. You have a guidance system. Do you feel better in the idea that you just drop onto this planet and random things happen to you that you have no control over? Does that feel like a truth? Or do you feel better in the knowing and in the understanding and in the connection that I myself am in control of my experience? What feels better? The latter. Absolutely. And that would be your guidance system, wouldn't it? Right. And I'm hearing it's all about self-love. And no matter where you're at in your point, you can choose at any point to go, look, I'm not going left to the negative or however you want to say it. I'm turning uh, stop right. Stop right there. Yeah, because that's a wrong turn. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm in and the then... negative. I'm accepting negative. I'm not trying to get out of it, am I? Oh, okay. Stop trying to, stop trying to conform your experience in the way that you felt in it. I'm aggravated right now. I'm not, I'm negative. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's self-love. Did I say anything about changing it? Did I say get out of it? Did I say make it go away? I never said that. I said, feel your experience and release what you felt in the love of the signal that you are picking and choosing in the, to depict to the divine how you feel. Why would anyone feel that they have to change that? That's, that's, so that's interesting. That's new to me. So instead of moving forward, feel, constantly feel what you're feeling mm -hmm. and accept that and love yourself for it. Yes. Feel and release. Yeah. That's Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. So to kind of veer off to another subject that I want to know for people who are so interesting in channeling, even I'm a little confused as a channeler myself. Um, why do people go into full trance? Robin mentioned off camera that she now doesn't remember anything. And mm -hmm. why are people, why do some channelers go to full trance and why are some still conscious mm -hmm. or um, um, trance? Every, everything is a preference. Um, and we would tell you it is Robin's preference to be in full trance. Yeah. If she made the uh, statement or had the desire for it to be different than it would, than it is, it would be. Yeah. And so <clears throat> you may not consciously know what it is that you are uh, desiring, uh, but the universe knows how you want to feel, doesn't it? The divine part of you knows you, it's connected to you, and it knows by what it has felt from you in your experience, what would be the most satisfying to you uh, based upon all the emotive value that you have offered, yeah? Uh, and so this uh, way, and it actually ties into what Robin said off camera that you said you wish you had recorded before we started, where she felt most proud in herself in the fact that she's not attached to this or feels no uh, uh, elevation of herself or uh, about by the experience. And she doesn't feel any of that. And part of the reason uh, that, that she has that capability uh, of not attaching to it is that's part of her personality desire. She doesn't want to be uh, uh, on a pedestal or, or deemed as special. It doesn't really make her feel satisfied. Uh, so therefore, she doesn't uh, have that uh, weight or that uh, expression. Let's use that term. Yeah. But some might. 
And we're not condemning that as a wrong thing. Some people might really want that. They might really want uh, the praise or the notoriety. And that doesn't necessarily make them wrong, but it also opens them up to interact with people that are sane. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's something for all of us coming into our spiritual gifts and 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 becoming light workers in, for mm-hmm. the public. Uh, we're still creators. Yes. And uh, getting our uh, our clients become part of that creation. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure a lot of light workers are watching this. What tips or advice do you have people in 2024? And not necessarily just because it's a new year. But coming up on the horizon, like what sort of advice do you have for people on their spiritual journey? Hmm. Uh, well, you are definitely in a quickening time or a rise of consciousness. It is happening because more and more people are actually understanding how they create in their experience and um, participating in that. They're starting to realize that they are not victims and that they actually have some input. Uh, on what it is that they will experience. And so we would say going forward uh, in the understanding, know that your focus is vitally important to the planet as a whole. And so rather than moving into a fear state about things that you view in your news or that you see, use that view as leverage to put your focus on what it is that you really want when you see something that you don't want, rather than uh, squandering that opportunity uh, by becoming part of that negativity or or that experience. Uh, everything that is being experienced is being lifted or transmuted by the divine. So even the suffering that you are seeing that is difficult to watch as humans is contributing to a better world. And the more people that start to follow what a better world would look like or feel like are what are actually going to precipitate that flow of that new world that has already been created presenting itself to you on the plane. So you hold the keys. You humans hold the keys on how you want to view what's going on in your world and therefore speed up this beautiful creation that has been created by all the things that you have deemed as negative to actually see the world that you want to in the timing that you want to. That is amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Any last words for our viewers? Uh, We are most grateful always for the exchange that we are having. We want you to understand that as difficult as it is for you to sometimes get the concept, you are the creators of your experience. And we know that many of you do it unknowingly, emotively, and you have things stored within you that kick off that prevent you from actually allowing the full flow of the divinity part into yourself. But if you could just move to this love of self, this surrender to what it is that you are experiencing in the way that you feel, we promise you, you will come into alignment with your source and you will release the negativity that you've been holding in your field. And you will find out that it's not what you felt that was preventing you from your connection. It's not that you weren't perfect enough. It's that you simply were not matching your source in your condemnation and judgment of what it is that you felt as a human. Good day. That is beautiful. Thank you so much. How are you feeling, Robin? Totally normal and fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that that's just beautiful. Again, I felt such healing in um, when Athena came on. So thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here today. Is there anything you would like to add, Robin, to provide from the human perspective or your divine connection as far as what we can all do in this current year to make the world a better place? 
Yeah. I, you know, like I said, when I finally realized how easy this can really be, that it's just as simple as allowing and surrendering to everything that you're feeling. Um, and that when you do that for yourself, you just automatically get the same concept for everybody else. You kind of look at what everybody else is going through in their experience. And you just know that, that that's where they're at and that that's what has to happen right now. And so I think the less judgment and con condemnation that we can have of ourselves and others and, and know that that is what creates connection. So many people come and they, they just say, how do I get the connection? You know, how can I um, cause this thing to happen? And I know when they're asking it, it they're frustrated because it, 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 there is no such thing as getting your connection. Your connection's sitting there. It's just right there. Um, and yeah. so once you can uh, actually allow yourself to receive it um, by letting go of what has been preventing it, your judgment and condemnation of yourself, it has nothing to do with um, your behavior necessarily. Or, uh, and, and I'm not saying that you're going to behave in ways that are unbecoming. You will very much become what you want to, but you're never going to effort that into your experience yourself. You're not going to get the result uh, on your own, trying to make yourself different than what you felt. That just isn't going to work. You have to release what you felt in the knowing that that was the right thing uh, and then let the divinity part of you take care of everything else. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And where can people find out more about Robin, you, Robin, and Athena and all the services you offer? Um, I have a website, athenaintruth.com. I have a podcast. It's also under Athena in Truth. It's on Spotify and Apple and a lot of other platforms. I have a lot of courses on my website and also uh, a place that you can book uh, private sessions. And we do do group sessions also once a month. And those are up on the website as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Robin, for joining thank, us today. Thank you.